and turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm 63 this morning. Psalm 63. And we could put another 30 people in here. Go out on the street, Jerry's. Tell them we got about 25 chairs. We could probably put some people in. If we get more than that, we'll put them up here. I'm sure glad you're here. What a wonderful day we have to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and to celebrate our passionate pursuit of God. Look, if you will, at Psalm 63. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9 together. Oh, God. Thou art my God. And I hope this morning, I hope he's yours. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up mine hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul, notice this, this so important verse in verse 8, our text passage here. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, I thank you for the privilege and opportunity we have to come together. Thank you for bringing family together this morning as we come to worship you to lift up your name. Lord, as we pursue our closer relationship with you. Lord, that's why we're here as believers in Christ, out of obedience, out of a desire to be closer, out of a desire to be more like you. Lord, I pray this morning that you would work those things in our life and our heart. Lord, I pray if there be one here that knows you not as Savior, Lord, I pray that they would see the great love that you have for them. The love we talked about in our adult Sunday school this morning that caused you on purpose to go through the pain of rejection, the pain of torment of the cross. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Lord, help us today as we think about that pursuit by relationship. Help me now, Lord, to teach you right and preach you right your word. Lord, may you be uplifted as you draw all men to yourself. In your precious holy name, the name of Jesus, we pray and ask it all. Amen. We see the word there in verse 8. Verse 8 of our text. That word, my soul followeth hard. Hard after thee. That word hard means zealously, earnestly, eagerly. Yesterday evening I was relaxing on my couch and I looked over at my favorite daughter who was at my house 
and uh, Hannah. Uh, she must be back in the nursery now, I guess. Uh, now that's my favorite daughter in here right now, right there. I looked over at Hannah, and I said, hey, I said, do we? I was getting hungry. How many of you get hungry in the evening? How many of you have that problem? I had a big lunch about 1 o'clock. I made a big lunch. I had some fresh deer tenderloin, some deer loin, hallelujah, some mashed potatoes, fried mushrooms. I don't want to make you hungry, but that's what I had for lunch yesterday, just a light lunch. And I didn't have supper, and so I was, it's always a mistake. And I'm like, ah, I'm hungry. And I said to Hannah, I said, do we have any meat sticks, pepperoni sticks in the fridge? And she got up, oh, yeah, I'll go look. And uh, no, she went and she got a pepperoni stick, and she got me a piece of cheese. and She brought it to me. When she brought it to me, she did not come alone. Right up against her was my dog. She handed it to me. I was sitting kind of sideways, relaxed on the couch. I put the food, don't tell my wife, you don't listen. I laid it up on, you know, no plate, just laid it up on the back of the couch. Not because I'm a barbarian, although I am, uh, but because I knew that was far enough away that my dog had to get through me to get to the meat and get to the cheese. And the whole time I was there, he's standing beside the couch, his nose right here, and he was following hard after that cheese. He was following hard after that pepperoni stick. And every time I, I reached to get it, I had to say, no, this is not for you. And he, he wanted so badly to get a hold of it. Now, had I taken that pepperoni stick and I said, there you go. Can I tell you, he would have time traveled through space and time. He would have gotten there before the meat stick turned around opened his mouth and swallowed it into a vacuum. He was following hard after it. Christian, I want to ask you a question. I want us to think about something in a very real way this morning. Do you and I follow hard after the Lord? Do we have a passionate pursuit of God? I'm not talking about a pursuit of God to find God. The Bible says he, he, he's not hard to find. He stands at the door and knocks. If you're lost this morning, all you have to do is open the door of your heart. But I'm talking about pursuing a closer relationship with God. Do we follow hard? Do we have a passionate relationship? The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. The Bible says, seek and ye shall find. After the betrayal, I talked about this this morning, Peter followed afar off. Mary, Mary the mother of Cleopas, Salome, were looking afar off. John, the beloved, it says about him when he was with Jesus in John 13, 23, he leaned on his bosom. John, the beloved. John had a close relationship with his Savior, with his Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 18 says the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Christian, are we knit to our Lord? Do we follow hard? Do we have a passionate pursuit of God's holiness in our life? The Bible tells us in Proverbs there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. A friend that sticketh closer than a brother. James tells us and was our theme a year ago. In 2021, at our church, 
draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. So here's the question I want to answer this morning. I believe that we ought to follow hard after the Lord. How do we maintain a close relationship with Jesus Christ? How do we maintain a close relationship? How do we follow hard in pursuit, a passionate pursuit of our God, our relationship with God? A couple of points for you this morning. Number one, by walking with Him. By walking with Him. Turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, if you will, Luke 24. Luke chapter 24, we're going to look at verses 15 through 17. How do we maintain a close relationship, a constant relationship, a pursuit relationship with the Lord? As you're turning there, how many of you remember growing up watching the Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon? Do you remember that? I liked that cartoon when I was a kid. I don't know why, but it was, it was one that I, I liked. My favorite cartoon was Popeye. And because, uh, how many of you like, any of you have Popeye was your hero when you were a kid? I love Popeye. Like he was my, no, I know I look more like Brutus, but Popeye was my hero. But I, I love Popeye. Now, because I love Popeye, and you can probably guess this, guess what I loved when I was growing up? Spinach. Man, if we had spinach, I would eat spinach till it came out of my ears. And I would eat it, and after I'd, I ate it, I kept waiting for that steamship to pop up. So, Jeff, do you have that problem? You just, man, I, come on, just pop up and blow one whistle. That's all I want. I even started smoking a pipe. No, I'm kidding. I, I like Popeye, I like, but I liked the cartoon, The Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote, super genius. And I love the, the antagonization of the Roadrunner for the Coyote. I saw my first ever Roadrunner in real life. Josh, have you seen him yet? Just down, just down the road from the church, out towards, out towards the desert there a bit. I drove when I was there for a spiritual leadership conference, and I'm like, what was that? And I saw my first ever real-life roadrunner. Did you know they're not really this tall? They're really a little shorter. And there wasn't even a coyote chasing it. I'm not sure. It was like false advertising. But in that cartoon, every one of the cartoons is that coyote chasing the roadrunner. And I remember years and years ago when I was probably 10, 11, 12 years old, I remember watching that fateful day when the coyote finally caught the roadrunner. Does anybody remember that? The roadrunner was giant and the coyote was very little and there was nothing he could do with it. Now, and you thought in my child's brain, which is very similar to my adult brain, I thought to myself, now what's he going to do? What's he have to live for? I mean, he lives every day. The whole purpose is chasing, chasing that roadrunner. But if he catches it, what's the focus of his life, Christian? I believe with all my heart. God wants the focus of your heart and my heart as believers to be chasing hard after him. He wants us to have closer and closer relationship. And I want to give you just some very helpful, very practical things. Number one, we do so by walking with him. Luke 24, verse 15. And it came to pass that while they communed together in reason, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. 
And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? These are those that were mourning Jesus' death. And Jesus joined with them. And they walked together. Many times when I was in Bible college, I had several meetings with different people in ministry and different things, the responsibilities that I had. And uh, the schedules were so busy and full. Uh, there were several times that I had one of my dear friends that I worked in ministry would say, hey, why don't you walk with me and let's talk about something. And we would, we, I literally, we'd walk going from point A to point B and we would have a meeting uh, as we walked. As we were going the same place, as we were walking in the same direction, as we communed together. And it's not unusual that that person that I walked with many times became very close to me. Our relationship was very close. Christian, one of the reasons that we struggle in our pursuit, our passionate pursuit of God, the reason that our passionate pursuit sometimes becomes a retreat away from God is because we don't walk with Him. I walk with God by going the direction God would want me to go. If I say that I'm going to Calgary, praise God I'm not this week, hallelujah. Uh, but if I had to go to Calgary this week, I'd find a way out of it. But if I did have to go to Calgary, uh, I, Brother Jeff, I wouldn't drive up by your house in Cold Lake to go to Calgary. Now, that'd be kind of stupid because that's not the way to Calgary. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I, I wouldn't drive to a mod's house in St. Albert and say, hey, I'm on my way to Calgary. I thought I'd stop and say hi. That, that's not the right direction. Uh, sadly, I'd have to drive south. Now, I could visit Brother Eric on the way, maybe, uh, but I, I couldn't go those other directions because it'd be the wrong way. Now, Christian, a lot of us are going the wrong way in our lives. We're not walking with the Lord Jesus. We're walking contrary, contrary to the way God wants us to go. If we're going to have a passionate pursuit of God and a relationship with Him, we need to be walking with Him. We need to be going the direction God would go. Can I tell you, if you walk with the Lord, these disciples who were talking about Jesus, they were conversing and talking about the things Jesus would talk about. I have a dear friend named Shane Hayes. Some of you remember us praying for Shane. Shane had pneumonia and almost died a year and a half ago. It was very, very bad in the hospital. Shane is, has some serious health issues. I remember the night that I... My wife and I were married. I, I just got home. I've been serving uh, ministry all day on Saturday, all day on Sunday. I got home about about midnight, maybe 1230. I finally got to bed after bringing, coming back on a bus from Chicago. And My wife and I had just gotten home. I just literally had laid down, just laid down, and my phone rang. It was a dear friend of mine, Jeff Dudley. And Jeff called and said, Shane's been in a horrible accident. He fell asleep behind the wheel of his convertible uh, Camaro. And he rear-ended a stationary 15-passenger van on the highway. I got up. I put my clothes back on that I had just taken off. And I got in my car and I drove to the hospital. And I spent 15, 16 hours in hospital. 
waiting until Shane's mom and dad came from North Carolina. We spent there praying, begging God to spare Shane's life. And God did. I don't, time doesn't permit me to tell the story, but a similar situation happened almost one year ago to the day. Several times I spent in hospital with Shane as praying that God would spare his life. Three times now in my life, once from afar, last year, year and a half ago I did that, but many times in hospital with him. Shane's a dear friend. Shane has a, has a mind that's amazing. My wife will remember Shane would get up to preach and he wouldn't have his Bible. He would quote passages of Scripture. <laughs> I don't mean verses, I mean passages of Scripture. Uh, he was a, a brilliant, brilliant man, <clears throat> dear friend of mine. But Shane and I didn't have a lot of the same interests besides the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ. I heard Shane tell this story. One time he came to our house. I was, my wife and I were married. He was a single college student. He came by to my house and was waiting on me. We were going to go somewhere in ministry. And, and I, said, I said to Shane, I said, come on in. I said, just you know, sit down, make yourself comfortable. And well, I'll be leaving in a little bit. I had to do something. And he told the story how he came in. He sat down in the living room of my little, uh, tra- my little trailer I lived in. We lived in a little 9 by 50 mobile home. It was high class. It was made in 1961. Uh, we, we were the, my wife was the queen of the trailer park. And uh, we, he sat down in our living room on our couch, I think, that came through World War II that was given to us when we got married. And he sat down and he said he sat there and he looked around and looked up on the wall and there was a deer head looking down at him. That same deer looks down in my office and he's not a hunter at all. And he said he looked, and then my dog, I had a child dog named Cinnamon, came. and She liked attention, and I taught her to burp on command. Uh, I, I like doing weird things with dogs. And she came and sat and looked at him and went, <laughs> he didn't like dogs. And he looked, and on the counter there, I had a couple magazines. He picked up a magazine. I had, like, Outdoor Life. Uh, I, had, I had a summit racing catalog, I think, something like that. The only thing he even come close to anything he was interested in. And he told me later, he said, I thought to myself, you said, just sit down, relax, make yourself at home. He said, there was nothing there that I really associated with that I felt comfortable in. I wonder how the Lord would feel if he was part of your conversation tomorrow at work. I wonder how he would feel in the evening when you get together with your family tomorrow night or Tuesday night or Thursday. Would he feel as though there's no connection? We need to walk with him. We need to be going the same direction. Having that same right fellowship. We see those disciples. Number two, how do we keep a passion and pursuit of God by talking with him? Look back in Luke 9, just a couple pages away from where you are. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. And it came to pass about an eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James, and they went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, 
which were Moses and Elias. Can I tell you what my brain does when I read a passage like that? I sit there and I think, oh man, can you imagine seeing Jesus talking with, wow. Can you imagine talking with Jesus Christ? I mean, Peter, James, and John, as Jesus said, hey, if else, why not you come up with me on the mountain here as they talk together? Imagine that conversation. When I was a boy, one of my favorite things, something I did almost every day of my life, is I would go and visit my grandfather. I grew up on the farm there where they lived, and my parents bought a small piece of land there beside on the corner of the farm. And I'd walk across the backyard and field there over to my grandparents' house every day. Most of the time, I'd go and I'd sit down on the floor beside of my grandfather's chair, a little room. You'd go in the house, or a little living room, and then there's a, a little room they called the front room. It was like another little teeny living room, or probably was originally supposed to be like a dining room on the way to the kitchen, old farmhouse, small house. And I'd sit down on the floor beside my grandpa's recliner, or if he was outside, I'd go sit with him outside. But almost every day, I'd just sit and I'd talk with him. You have no idea how many times since resurrection morning, 1994, the day that my grandfather went to heaven, that I wish I could go and sit down beside him one more time. You have no idea how I wish I could sit and have those conversations I had as a boy. But I can't do that now. Many of us, we think about Jesus Christ like that. We think, man, I wish I could talk to him. I wish I could have been there on the Mount Transfiguration. I wish I could have been a part of that. Christian, how do we have a pursuit of God, that passionate pursuit of God as we follow hard after him? By talking with him. You and I as believers can talk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Christian, when you pray, you're not talking to the ceiling. You're not praying as some of you who grew up in religion, seeking a way for God to accept you. Some of you grew up every day taking a set of beads and saying the same rote prayer over and over again as you held those beads. Some of you would bow your face to the earth several times a day at certain times a day and pray in a certain direction and say certain words because you thought you had to do those things for God to accept you. I'm not talking about saying some words that or repeating a few lines. I'm talking about a conversation with the Holy God. Christian, you and I can talk with God. Can talk with God. We get to talk with Him. Early this morning, I got a phone call, a video call from Elizabeth. I hadn't talked to her in a couple days. She's flying in a week and a half. Last night, she was at a Christmas party, actually at Pastor Wilkerson's niece's house. She didn't get home till late, but we got a chance to talk just for a bit this morning. When's the last time you took the time to talk to Jesus Christ? See, that's why we don't follow hard and we retreat away. If we're going to have a passionate pursuit of God and His holiness, 
we have to, we have to talk with him in prayer. We have to. Number three, quickly, and I hasten, not only by talking to him, but by listening. Number three, listening to him. Turn to the next chapter, Luke 10. As you're turning there, I mentioned sitting by my grandfather's chair. I mentioned talking with him, but most of my talking with my grandfather was me listening as he would tell me stories. My grandfather served in World War II as part of the Allied Forces, the U.S. Army. He served in the German theater. He saw some pretty horrible things. He was on the front lines. He never told me stories about any of that. Never once did he speak of a skirmish. Never once did he speak of battle. Never once did he speak of his friends who no doubt bled out in his arms. Never once did he speak about having to take another human's life, although I'm sure he did. But he'd tell me funny stories. He'd tell me about the time when he was an MP on the front lines and he was, his duty was to drive this general around for a little while in this deuce and a half on these muddy, nasty roads. And he said this general was obnoxious and couldn't stand him and the guy just looked down on all the soldiers and had a horrible rapport with the soldiers. So my grandfather, growing up on a farm, being a farm kid, he knew how to drive in the mud. He knew how to navigate and get the vehicle through all of that and jeep. But several times, he on purpose got the vehicle stuck in waist-deep mud. So that general had to get out and had to push in the mud to get it out. And one time he told me he actually wasn't stuck, but he made the guy think he was stuck. Uh... I'm not saying he should have done that, but he told me some pretty funny stories. He would tell me all kinds of things, and I would listen. Can I tell you, somebody would like to speak to you every day. Every day. He simply wants you to listen. And that's your God. The Bible says in Luke 10, verse 38, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Think about Mary there, if you will. It says she heard his word. Verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. No, I can't sit down and hear the audible words of God. But can I tell you what I can do, Christian? What you can do? I can open up the Word of God. And I can hear His words just like Mary did. If I am to pursue God, 
my relationship with God, I have to listen to him. I have to hear him. I'm not talking about hearing the words of others or philosophies of others, but the words of God. And by the way, this is all of them. If somebody says to you, well, God told me this, and I've done it. If this upsets you, I'm sorry, but it doesn't upset my Lord. I've had people say, well, pastor, God told me this. And I said, no, you're a liar. God didn't tell you that because God didn't say it here. Well, you can't tell me what God said. Yes, I can. Because if you say God said something that isn't here, you're a liar. Pastor, I don't like that. And God doesn't like it either. God doesn't like it either. God's word is settled. It's finished. I don't care who, who any man that dresses like a woman and calls himself Papa that thinks he can change his word, but God doesn't like that either. God's word is settled. It's settled forever. It's done. But God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. He wants us to hear him. How do we keep that passionate pursuit of God? How do we follow hard, earnestly, passionately after God as we wait for him? As we wait for him, Acts, I read for you quickly, chapter 4, verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness, and the multitude of them that believed were one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them aught of the things uh, which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostle witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Can I tell you what those people were doing? They were waiting. Jesus told them, go and wait. Wait. Wait for me. Christian, one of the ways that we passionately pursue God in our relationship with God is we wait. One of the hardest things we do in our relationship with God sometimes is waiting. Ever heard of a man named Abraham? Maybe you have. He had a wife named Sarah. And God said, Abraham, I'll make of thee a great nation. Uh, as the sands of the sea shall thy seed be. And Abraham said to Sarah, we, we don't have any kids yet here. God said, I'll, I'll do it. Abraham got tired of waiting on God. Abraham and his wife said, hey, we got to make a plan. God's messed up here. We got to help him. God's failing us. So let's see. I'll father a child with your handmaid, Hagar. Was it the will of God? No. Was it the will of God for Abraham to father a child? Yes. But Abraham got ahead of God. He got out of order. He didn't wait. By the way, we live in a culture where young people don't want to follow God's plan. By the way, God is the one that set up and designed marriage. It's not our culture that decides marriage and decides how we should be together. Rather, it was God who created Adam and said, it is not good that Adam be alone. I will create and help meet for him. And they too became one flesh. God brought them together. 
And after God brought them together, they had children. I'm not upset at you this morning. I'm not uh, condemning you this morning. But can I tell you, as a culture, we've gotten ahead of God and tried to get a mess. And we've messed up by trying to not wait on God and God's plan and God's best. We need to get back to waiting on God. What's it mean to wait on God? It means that we wait for God's timing in every step, in every direction of our life. Sometimes God says, just, just wait a minute. The Apostle Paul, when God called him, he didn't take off running and say, hey, hey, listen to the message I've got for you. No, he didn't do that. If you look and study, there was a long period of time that God had Paul to wait, to study, to learn. I believe literally the Lord himself taught Paul, prepared Paul, before Paul ever stood and proclaimed the gospel to the Gentiles. And oh, praise God, he did. But he waited. Not only do we need to wait on God's timing in every aspect of our life and our relationships, but we need to wait for God's next command. My wife and I had the privilege of going to Mackinac Island. Anybody ever been to Mackinac Island before, Michigan? There was a movie made many years ago called Somewhere in Time. Christopher Reeves, former of Superman fame, Christopher Reeves, who had the equestrian accident and was paralyzed, was one of the actors in that movie. That movie was filmed at a place called the Grand Hotel the longest covered porch in the world, I believe, on that hotel, the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island. It's a beautiful place, absolutely beautiful. My wife and I got to go there. One day we'll go back, maybe, sweetheart, maybe in the millennial rain we'll go back. And uh, we, we enjoyed it, and it was beautiful. And I won the trip. It didn't cost us anything. And in the ministry uh, we took us, and the bus broke down. Well, it didn't break down. The AC quit working, and they didn't want to make us ride all the way back from there, Mackinac. Of course, you had to take a ferry to the land. There's no, there's no motorized vehicles on the island. And they didn't want us to have to ride in an unair-conditioned bus all the way back to Indiana. So they extended our stay one day. We got to stay one more day on the island. And they took us to the Grand Hotel Buffet. Most of you would have thought you've died and gone to heaven. They flew in every day fresh seafood from around the world every day. I mean, you know, yesterday, it's swimming. The next day, it's on your plate. It, it was an amazing place. The food was spectacular. I don't know how many fresh shrimp I had, but I ate six schools of shrimp, I think. And I had, I had oysters I don't know how many fresh shucked oysters I had, but it probably took a gallon of Tabasco to get it all down. I, it was some good stuff. And it was really weird for me because I'm a farm kid. I'm a hillbilly. I'm not a high-class guy. I know, I, I know I've got a three-piece suit on, and you think no, but I'm, I'm, I'm a, you should have seen me Friday. I was wearing my bib overalls and a T-shirt. That, that's Pastor Race. I, I'm not a high-class guy in any stretch of the imagination. I'm a I'm going to go in and have some beans and cornbread. That's my comfort place, Miss Lois. And we go in this hotel, and it was exquisite. And we go into the buffet, and when you go in, you have a server dressed in all white, 
most of them were islanders that, from the Caribbean that came in to work. And they would walk with you. You didn't touch your plate. You didn't touch the food. They'd take your plate. Sir, what would you like? And they, they'd put the food on the plate. They went to the table and stood beside of you on the, on the table. And the shrimp, the fresh shrimp, you know, I, I didn't have to clean them. The servant was cleaning the shrimp for me, shucking the oysters for me. I didn't want to leave, Brother Ma, but I felt a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, I said to the guy, no, it's okay. I, I can do this. I, <laughs> I don't need you to do this. No, no, it's my job. That's my job. That's why I'm here. That's why I get paid. I was a little uncomfortable having somebody serve me like that. If you could see that picture, and if you could see yourself as the one standing, waiting on the Lord, and if we could see the Lord as the one that we are waiting to try to meet whatever need we can meet, waiting to serve, why? That's my job. Christian, that's your job. That's how our relationship with Jesus Christ, our passionate pursuit of God. Lastly, I'll have you turn with me one last passage and we'll close this morning. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24 and verse 42. Watch, therefore... For ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Lastly, number six, how do we keep a passionate pursuit of God? By watching for Him. Watching for Him. When I left my house this morning, I left a big white shaggy dog outside. Yeti. I'm not there right now, and I don't have a camera looking at my backyard. I should. I should, I should sell views. People would probably enjoy watching them, but I can make some I can, I can monetize this. And, uh, let me write that down. But I, I can't see him, but I know what he's doing right now. Most likely, he's in one of two places. He's on the porch, either under the swing or on the swing. Don't ask me why. One of those two places. Or... He's laying on the deck outside of my garage door. You know what he's doing? He's waiting to hear that garage door go up. He's waiting for us to come home. Because his whole life literally revolves around us being with him. That's his life. He has to be with people. When I leave for the day, my wife says she goes out and mopes. I mean, Carrie and, Carrie and Hannah are in the house. He goes out and lays on the porch. Watching. Listening. Just waiting to hear me come home. They call a dog, dog's man's best friend. Christian, are we God's? best friends. 
Are we watching, longing, waiting? Longing for him, watching for him to come. A week from Thursday, I get a drive to the Edmonton International Airport about supper time and pick Elizabeth up. We're counting down the days until she comes. Christian, are we watching for the Lord? Are we passionately pursuing Him? In our text in Psalms, the Bible says, My soul followeth hard after thee. My soul followeth hard after thee. I just simply want to ask us this morning, are you following hard after God? How's your relationship with Him? Are you walking with Him? Are you talking with Him? Are you listening to Him? Are you waiting? Lord, I'll follow your pattern, your timeline. Lord, how can I serve? What can I do? Are you watching? Watching for his return. For he is coming again. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, can I tell you that the God of heaven, who is perfect and holy altogether and righteous, wants a personal relationship with you. Say, but pastor, I'm, why would he want me? The Bible says, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. God commended his love towards me, even though I don't deserve it. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to be with him forever in heaven. And Christian, he wants you to get closer and closer and closer with him every day as you follow hard after our God. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you, to praise you, to sing your praises, to be challenged and encouraged by your word. God, help us to follow hard after you. God, help us to want more than just heaven. Help us to want more than just a get-out-of-hell-free card. God, help us to desire a close relationship with our holy God. Help us to listen. Help us to speak to you. Help us to wait and watch. Help us to walk the direction you want us to walk. God, so often we, like Abraham, we get things out of order. We get ahead. We don't wait for your best. We accept second best. God, help us this morning to desire your best in your time. Lord, so many aspects of our life and our relationship and ministry. God, we just want your best. We want it in your time. Lord, help us to have a close relationship. Lord, I pray if there's one here this morning that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, I pray today that they would see their need 
that they would understand that they stand a sinner in front of a holy God. And that sin, the wages of that sin is death, eternal death, damnation, and hell. And there's nothing that we can do to satisfy you, nothing that we can do to earn our way or pay our debt. But Lord, I thank you that you already paid the perfect price on Calvary. Lord, I pray if there's one here that's never trusted you today, they'd see their need. They'd understand there's nothing they can do save receiving and accepting the free gift you've already given. And Lord, they would receive Christ today that they believe today, that they'd accept that free gift of eternal life. Lord, may that be the case. God, work in hearts. God, help us to be close, ever so closer to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning with Royce? Would you lead us in a song of invitation? Uh, let's stand together. We'll sing number 312, Jesus I Come. Hymn number 312. Before we dismiss in prayer, uh, let me just say this. We're going to be, uh, we will at 20 till 1, uh, that'll give us about 12 minutes to get things set up. Uh, we'll have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll go through line for the food. We'll go this way through, uh, come out around this way, and just find a place uh, to set here. We're not going to set tables up.